Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. gives a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Today, Pastor J.D. continues a discussion on the painful subject of abortion. This topic is causing emotions to flare from all sides but needs to be addressed in the church. Pastor J.D. will remind you that sharing the gospel message always needs to be your priority. Everyone needs to be set free from sin. Every sin. That can only be done through Jesus. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on February 17, 2019. You know, I think of what Jesus said. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come to give life and life more abundantly. Choose life. Choose life. Yes, it may be a difficult challenge parenting a special needs child, but those children are a gift from the Lord and a blessing from the Lord. I realize I'm turning an abrupt corner here, but I would be grossly remiss were I not to speak to the coming judgment of God in this regard, and not in the way that you might think. While there is a need to emphasize God's judgment for this abomination, that emphasis only deals with the what. By that I mean God's judgment is what is coming. But it's important to also emphasize why the judgment of God must come. God has to judge. If God is not just in judging, then neither is he a God of love. What do you mean? Well, that's not love, is it? That's injustice. If the judge of the universe does not judge wickedness and sin, he's not just. He has to because he's a God of love. I'll try to, and I, please know I really prayed and asked God to just give me a clarity so that I could communicate this correctly and concisely. God has to judge those who have rejected God sacrificing his only begotten son, who took upon himself the judgment of man's sin. By the way, for those who wonder and even ask if you've committed the 
unforgivable sin, the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, I want to put your minds at ease. By virtue of the fact that you're even wondering that and asking that means that you haven't done that. And the reason for that is because the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is rejecting Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on the cross. When you reject the one, his only begotten son, who took upon himself your judgment, your judgment for you and instead of you. When you reject him, you place yourself under the judgment of God. God must judge. Which judgment seat will you stand before? The great white throne judgment or the judgment seat of Christ? The answer to all of this is we will be judged based on what we did with the person of Jesus Christ. And that's what Acts 17.31 says. For he has set a day, judgment day, when he will judge the world with justice, listen, by the man, Jesus, he has appointed. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. I think we do err greatly when we paint the judgment of God on the canvas of God being an angry God who cannot wait to judge. A number of years ago, saw a bumper sticker. I'll have to change the wording because I don't want to use the word from the pulpit, but basically went like this. Jesus is coming back and boy, is he ticked. No, he's not. No, he's not. Not with us. Here's why. God took all of his wrath, the judgment for man's sin, all of his anger, all of his condemnation, and he put it on his son. By the way, that's why Jesus cried out on the cross. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He had never known the separation that sin brings between man and God. Because he took upon himself that sin. It's not God's will that anyone be judged. It's not God's will that any should perish. Rather that all would come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ who was judged for them and instead of them. Listen to Ezekiel 33 verse 11. Say to them, as I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways, for why should you die, O house of Israel? Dare I say, those who have an ear, let them hear what the Spirit of God has to say to us, the church, today. 
judgment is coming. This is really why, one of the main reasons why, we do these prophecy updates every week, is to bring to the forefront the lateness of the hour and the return of Jesus Christ. The world can be separated into two categories. On the one side, you're going to have all of those that have rejected Jesus Christ. And for them, the wrath and judgment of God will be poured out upon them. On this side, you will have all of those that are in Christ Jesus, have been born again by the Spirit of God. They will not stand before the great white throne judgment, where they will be judged for all of their works, all of their deeds, all of their evil. Rather, they will be rewarded by the judge for finishing the race, fighting the fight, and winning the prize. That's what it basically boils down to. These prophecy updates and the gospel of Jesus Christ that we share at the end of these prophecy updates and with it, the ABCs of salvation is reaching to the uttermost parts of the earth and we continue on a weekly, even daily basis now of receiving all of these praise reports from all of these people all over the world that they either led somebody to the Lord or they themselves had come to the Lord. There's not much time. There's not much time. The time is at hand. The hour is late. And the Lord's return draws nigh. What is the gospel? (laughs) I know I've shared some pretty disturbing things today, and I think you would agree that this is the bad news. And again, I know this isn't proper English, but the badder the bad news is, the gooder the good news will be. What's the good news? The gooder news. The good news is that Jesus Christ came. He was crucified. And on that cross, he shed his blood for our sins and paid in full for all of our sins so that he could offer us the free gift freely. He paid for it in full, but he could offer us the free gift of eternal life. And he defeated death and rose again on the third day, and he's coming back again one day. That's good news. I'll take that. That's really good news. In fact, let me take it a step further. Yes, the badder the bad news is, the gooder the good news will be. But how about this? The gooder the good news is, and it's good, doesn't make the bad news as bad as the bad news could be. I hope that came out right. (laughs) I think you get the point, right? The ABCs of salvation are basically a childlike, simple way to explain how to be saved. Jesus said, unless you become like a little child, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. You know that innocent trust that a child has? It's that 
childlikeness, not childish. And please know that the ABCs are never intended to insult anybody's intelligence. Quite the contrary, actually. Many have taken them and used them because it's equipped them and even emboldened them to share their faith with somebody that God puts into their path. So if I'm preaching to the choir, as the saying goes, and maybe I am, everyone here is saved and born again of the Spirit of God, I don't want to embarrass anybody, then praise the Lord. I'm still going to do the ABCs of salvation. (laughs) And one of the reasons is because on a weekly basis, we have upwards of 100,000 views of this prophecy update on YouTube from all over the world. And we have so many people that comment post their comments. Some of them will even take the time to email in and share their testimony. And I'll tell you, I just, I just weep. I just weep. Some of the, these precious people and how God just met them and got them and saved them and they're just so on fire for the Lord. It inspires me. It encourages me. It convicts me too. Because there's nothing more exciting than somebody that is new in the Lord. Oh my goodness, they're so on fire for the Lord. All they could talk about is Jesus. Remember how it was when you first came to Christ? Just give me a, maybe this is for somebody here today or somebody online. Remember how it was when you first came to Christ? Oh my goodness. I mean, Jesus is real. Jesus is really, really real. Really. That, and that was your theology. And you just couldn't wait to share Jesus with everyone. I remember my roommates at the time. Oh, I would come out of the room and I would have my Bible and and I would just go, wow, 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 wow. No way. And then they kicked me out and I had to get another place. But here's the thing, 15 years later, one of those roommates came to Christ. I never stopped praying for him. God's word doesn't return void, and there's power in the gospel. I think as Christians, we're sadly prone to be ashamed and bashful when it comes to the gospel. I think pastors in particular... They lose confidence in the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ to save. And they lose confidence in the word of God, too. All under the banner of trying to be relevant. You know, with skinny jeans and, uh, you know, espresso or whatever. By the way, I'm just, I will never do that to you, okay? (laughs) That would not be pretty, I can assure you of that, but... You know, trying to be hip, trying to be cool, keep the thing moving, fast moving, relevant, hip, cool. Oh, can't have any blood of Jesus in the worship songs. No, that that's going to be really gnarly and offensive for people. What? You can't take that out. Because there's power in the blood. 
His blood was shed for the remission of our sins. And you want to take that out? I actually heard a, ah, oh, shouldn't have, too late. <laughs> this is your lot in life, isn't it? So, by the way, you're going to have treasures in heaven. I want you to know for this. <laughs> you know, when you get there, the Lord's going to say to you, oh, you went to Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Enter in. Oh, you have major treasures. Had to listen to those. Anyway. I actually listened to a pastor talk about how, and he didn't use the word sin, and it was so, ah, what's the word I'm looking for? It was so subtle, but he, I mean, I don't know how he did it. I can't do that. I'm not that smart, but he just ever so cleverly danced around anything that had any mention of the word sin. So instead, it's words like shortcomings, mistakes, you know, failures. And I I sat there and I thought, okay, so this is a, a Christian pastor that is supposedly teaching from the same Bible that I am, but he doesn't want to ruffle any feathers. He doesn't want to step on any toes. He wants it to be amicable, palatable. Here's the problem. The gospel is offensive. The gospel is offensive. The gospel is that I am a sinner. That's offensive. And if you got that out of the gospel, what do you got? Here's the question I ask. What Jesus are you bringing them to? Not the same Jesus that I preach. It's not the same gospel I preach. Christ and Him crucified? The Apostle Paul said, A curse come upon me if I do not preach Christ and Him crucified. If I ever stop preaching the gospel, a curse come upon me. And we know why. Paul loved people so much. You know what he said of his own people, the Jewish people? He would rather be accursed and damned to hell if it meant they would be saved. That's love! And actually, that's the A in the ABCs. Acknowledge that you're a sinner. Wow! I'm a good person. Okay. Really? You might be a good person, but you'll never be good enough. Romans 3.10 says, There is no one righteous, not even one. There are no good people. Romans 3.23 says, All, that word all, pretty much includes all of us, right? 
all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That is offensive, isn't it? Yes, it is, and it needs to be. I would rather offend somebody into heaven than flatter somebody or entertain somebody into hell. Only telling them what their ears are itching to hear. You're good. It's all good. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. It's the death penalty. That's the bad news. We've all been sentenced to death because all have sinned. But here's the good news. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the A. Here's the B. The B is for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. This is what Romans 10, 9, and 10 says. If you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will, will be saved. You say that's too simple. That's too easy. Isn't there something I need to do? No. He did it. He did everything. There's nothing that you and I can do to get into heaven. We can't earn our way there. The C is for call upon the name of the Lord. This is what Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And lastly, and very simply, Romans 10.13 says, All who call upon the name of the Lord will, not might, not could, not should, will be saved. That's it. That's it? Yeah. Don't I have to repent? Well, that's what acknowledging your sin and coming to the Savior is. You're turning from your sin and turning to the Lord and acknowledging that you've sinned and fallen short of God's perfect standard of righteousness. The word repent means change, do a 180. That's the change. You, you've changed your mind, and now God can change your heart. The Holy Spirit now indwells you and empowers you and enables you to live a holy life. You see the connection? Holy Spirit, holy life. We can't be holy as He is holy without the Holy Spirit indwelling us and empowering us. That's the only way. And the only way to have the Holy Spirit indwell you is to acknowledge your sin, believe in your heart, and confess with your mouth. And you're saved. You will be saved. Thanks for joining us for this special edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kariohe. Now, it's so important that you hear the purpose behind these prophecy updates that Pastor J.D. shares. The purpose is to see people just like you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. 
When you're right with the Lord, you'll be ready for the Lord and His soon return. You can do this by first admitting you're a sinner, that you've broken God's perfect law. Second, you need to confess that there's nothing you can do to fix this. You can't attend church enough, you can't pray enough or give enough money. There's nothing you can do to atone for your sins. Third, you must realize that there is someone who can. His name is Jesus Christ, and He is the Savior of the world. He gave His own life so that you wouldn't have to experience the penalty for your sins, which is death. Please, if you're listening today, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and escape the realities of the prophecies that are being fulfilled all around you. For more information about what it means to be born again into the kingdom of God, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and select the New Believers option. Again, that web address is InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Now, in the next edition of In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. will be teaching through God's Word just like he does Monday through Thursday. And then don't forget to join us next Friday and Saturday for another timely prophecy update. Until then, may God bless you and keep you in His love.